My Mother, The Person and the Patient is an original podcast written and hosted by me, Fatuma Kuso. This podcast is about my mother, Timira Abdusamid Muhammad, Ayaya we call her, and that's the Somali word for grandmother, and her great-grandchildren call her Ayaya too, and that is their way of saying great-grandmother. I came back from my niece's scarf ceremony, what a fantastic party, on Sunday, And Monday afternoon, my mother was tired, really sluggish, closing her eyes and not interacting with me. And she wanted to sleep two hours earlier than she usually went to bed. So I wasn't sure what was going on. I checked her oxygen level, her blood pressure, her sugar. Everything seemed to be her usual level. So I didn't know what was going on because there was no obvious signs of her being sick. Because of her cognitive limitations, she can't tell me what is going on with her. She can't tell me this hurts or that hurts. So she doesn't have that language and she doesn't have that capacity to think. So I am thinking for her check her temperature, check this, check that, nothing is showing up. So she went to bed Monday night. She really struggled. She couldn't sleep. I woke up four or five times, went to her room, checked up, tilted the head of her bed up, is her sugar down, nothing. But come Tuesday morning, she exhibited a lot of signs of flu. She started coughing. So I tried all the home remedies I go through before I contact the doctor, but both her and I are not sleeping. She can't take a nap. She can't rest. She's really uncomfortable. It's very obvious to me. Even though when I check her temperature, she's 36.5, 36.8. She's really not registering fever, which I found out that even when she has infections, she's not registering fever. And her doctor said sometimes that's very common for elderly. They could have infection for days and not have fever, which is really mind-blowing. Tuesday night, I called her doctor and I said, this is what's going on now. She's really wheezing. I'm trying her buffers. I'm trying nebulizer. Because she can't work with me in the breeding process, those are not being helpful as they need to be in the normal process of somebody who you can tell, take a deep breath, breathe in, breathe out, because she can't follow those instructions because she can't process them. The doctor came on Wednesday and he checked up on her and based on his assessment, it is bronchial infection. So he put her on antibiotics to help her with the infection. So I started on antibiotics Thursday, midday. By the time Sunday came around, the the congestion and the struggle sleeping lessened. So I could see the antibiotics doing the trick. But the problem giving her the antibiotics presented is her insulin level continued to drop. Last night, for example, her sensor alarm woke me up three times because it went below four. My mother is asleep, struggling to get her to eat while she's awake. I can't get her to eat three o'clock in the morning, but dropping insulin 
is dangerous and I don't want to stay with that. So I have to take water, mix it with sugar, try that. She refused. Honey, she refused. Finally, she took half a cup of yogurt mixed with sugar. Five o'clock again, the alarm woke me up and I woke up and it's like 3.4. So I am in this struggle. I want to continue with antivirus and finish it for the seven day dose, which I have one more day, I think. But at the same time, I don't want to face this continuous drop of her insulin level because the sensor I'm doing is on her shoulder and I just have a device that reads it. And then I thought, let me take the blood because I can poke her finger, which I don't really like to do that often, and take the blood and check because this sensor is telling me her insulin level is dropping. I just wanted to find out before I reach out to the doctor and tell him this is what the antibiotics is doing. Is this the antibiotics or something else is going on? What's going on? So I took her blood. The two seconds before the sensor sent me a note that says her insulin level is 3.4. I took her blood, which is a little bit more accurate one, and her insulin level was 10.4. 10.4. Can you believe that? It was 10.4. More than twice what the sensor was giving me. That, that just happened about an hour ago. I'm still trying to wrap my head around I freaked out thinking was I giving her all this sugar and insulin level was normal and I was pushing it higher what was I doing I had to make a decision am I going to use the sensor am I going to use the pricking the finger so at least for the next two or three days I decided that I am going to prick her finger two, three, four times a day and check the insulin level that way so I can get more accurate reading than the sensor is giving me. And that has made all the difference. When you listen to how we arrived at my mother's diagnosis and what followed, it's so easy to see her just as the patient, to see her as nothing more than the disease that reduced her to shell of her old self. But I want also to tell you about my mother, the person, the fierce woman that told her stories unapologetically, celebrating the beautiful parts and harsh realities equally. I want to share with you the stories she told us about her life as a girl growing up in a small village, the tales that marked her adulthood. I want to share with you all her losses and the ultimate winnings. The following chapter is one of those stories reconstructed from my childhood memory. As she walked between the neatly arranged houses and the uniformity of the structures surrounding her, the feeling of an outsider return, a newcomer to the otherwise tightly knit community where everyone seemed to know each other, a molten ball of fire, the sun began to descend behind the base's distant barracks, casting long shadows that stretched over the entire landscape. Its fading light painted the sky with hues of orange and pink, a stunning backdrop 
to the heavy evening ahead. Timorous steps quickened, and she made her way toward the meeting spot. The sound of military training in the distance, mingled with the chaos of children's laughter, filled Timura with regret for leaving her children behind. What seemed like a great idea marked her as not a good mother. She hesitated, considering whether to continue to return home and retrieve her children. But she didn't want to be late, so holding the small dish she'd prepared to share as a token of her desire to belong, she pressed on. The sun dipped lower. It was as though the fading light was a metaphor for Timur's trepidation. Upon arrival, she took a deep breath and lifted her hand to knock, but the door swung open before she reached it. Suddenly, Timur stood before a tall, elegant woman. You must be Timur. I am Layla, the woman said, smiling and welcoming as if she hadn't seen her moving about the base to the communal shower, the mess hall, and the dry goods store for over a month now. Welcome. I'm glad you could make it. Thank you, Timira said. Even though she had no choice whether to attend this meeting, like all the other actions in the base, this was an order rather than an invitation. The aroma of freshly brewed tea filled the room. The soft laughter from the military wives gathered in the communal area of the housing complex reached Timiro before she joined them, walking right behind Layla. Welcome, Timiro, one of the other women said, even though Timiro was too overwhelmed to know who called her name. Come on and have a seat. Another elegant woman stood up and pointed to a seat next to her. Thank you for joining us. Amidst the chatter, Layla, the wife of the base's captain, stood at the center, her poised presence commanding attention. She raised her hands, palms clapping twice, a sound that echoed like a thunder in the room. The cacophony of voices ceased and all eyes turned toward her, even the white-eyed children who had been scurrying about moments ago. Timido and everyone in the room held their breath, caught in a pregnant silence. Timido watched her closely as Layla scanned the room, her gaze sweeping from one end to another until her eyes rested on Timido. Timiro gained an unspoken understanding that Layla was about to share significant instructions. Anticipation hung in the air like an invisible veil that shrouded Timiro with worry. As you all know, Layla's voice was gentle yet commanding. We have the privilege of welcoming our sister Timiro here today. This meeting is an opportunity to acquaint her with our way of life, our values, and how we function as a community. Layla had called her a sister, but to Timiro, the word seemed like a fragile bridge of connection trying to span over an abyss of difference. Despite the title, Timiro felt no kinship in her heart. Still, she observed the nods of agreement that rippled through the room, disrupting a calm pond. 
the wives exchanged subtle glances, their expression attempting to convey support, though Timido couldn't help but feel their veiled hint of curiosity. With a gentle but determined tone, Layla continued, In our community, maintaining cleanliness in our shared facilities is paramount. It not only ensures our safety, but also creates a warm and welcoming environment for every one of us. Her words were heavy. Each sentence seemed directed squarely at Timiro. To make this responsibility more manageable for all, Layla continued, we have established a system, a well-oiled machine to share these essential duties. As Layla expounded on the intricacies of this system, she announced Timira's name into the rotation schedule. The laundry area, the shower base, the bread oven, the mess hall, slaughterhouse, dry goods store. She was here one day and there the next. The wives listened tentatively, their faces lighting up as Layla assigned each wife to a specific area. Timira, the only new arrival in the group, raised her hand. Yes, Layla smiled at her encouragingly. Do you have a question? Thank you for providing me with this information. Timir started with that to make sure the wives understood she knew the purpose of the meeting was to induct her into the group. But what happens if I'm ill or I have a sick child and I can't do my chore that day? Several wives including Leila, laughed aloud as if Timiro had asked the most outrageous question. We are not savages, Leila spoke, her tone sharp. We do not expect you to do a chore if you are ill. The room erupted into a chorus of agreement, solidifying the bond between these women. With that, the meeting ended and the woman dispersed each with a steady step and carrying the weight of their assigned responsibility, a shared sense of purpose on their shoulders. Torn between the desire to blend in and the lingering feeling of not belonging, Timira didn't leave right away. The unfamiliar roles and the sense of being closely scrutinized by the other woman weighed heavily on her. Layla must have noticed Timira standing alone in a corner, so she approached her. Timira, Layla called her by name, her voice reassuring. I know this is all new to you, but trust me, you will find your place here with time. And these tasks will become easier. Thank you, Timira said. She appreciated Layla's effort to reassure her, make her feel included, even if their sisterhood didn't stand on a solid ground yet. She had come to this meeting as an outsider, but at the end, she felt a glimmer of hope in Layla's attempt to include her, even though mere words. Her husband was right. These women weren't malicious. They stayed away from her because they didn't know her, and she had done nothing to move closer to them. She stepped back into the twilight, 
the sky ablaze with the remnant of the sunset. With every step she took, she felt a growing sense of connection. Timiro might have been a newcomer, but she was no longer an outsider. Like a puzzle piece that didn't quite fit yet, she knew she would find her place among these resilient military wives under the same setting sun that watched their shared journey. My mother, the person and the patient, can be found in Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please remember to follow, like, and share, and join me next week as I share with you another episode of my mother's journey as both the person and the patient. Thank you.